0: Welcome to the Pink Isle. My name is Henry Kathman and joining me is Emma Corey. Yeah, and
1: guess where we're going today, Henry?
0: Well, we're going to make like Madonna because everybody's going to Hollywood.
1: Hollywood, a place where only good things happen to people.
0: A place where there are absolutely no predatory people in positions of power at all yeah anywho today we're gonna be watching the miramax produced my scene goes hollywood <laughs> so, featuring
1: the vocal talents of Lindsay lohan just a few years off of mean girls
0: lit one year off of mean girls this movie was uh released in 2005 and uh mean girls came out in 2004 yeah so, so it's
1: uh right on yeah. it yeah
0: yeah, get him right on it. Yeah. Oh, boy. Oh, boy, indeed. So last, it's been a while. Uh, the last time we tackled one of the My Scene movies was like the My Scene and Jamaica movies. And something that we noted is that these movies are very much continuations over the very short episodic stuff that goes on in the My Scene web series. But... I don't know. To date, we still haven't really spent a lot of time watching any of the my scene stuff, but...
1: Sometimes it's best just to go in blind, you know? Make up your own backstories for the characters. Which I'm sure they all have very uh, elaborate and rich backstories. Yeah. You know, all your favorite characters, like, uh... River is the main guy's name, I think.
0: Yep. Yeah, I'm impressed.
1: And, uh... Uh... Delancey, is yeah. one of the friends.
0: Do you remember what her gimmick was?
1: She she had like she had like those like early two thousands or slash nineties hair streaks.
0: Yeah, that she did. Yeah, yeah she will right, give she you kind that. Of
1: had a she a Rachel going on there. So
0: she, oh my God, she did. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so Emma, I'm looking through this cast list, and I gotta tell you, um. I might wait to tell you some of the people that show up in this movie, because I think that's going to be the...
1: I can't wait to see what celebrities were topical in 2005.
0: Oh, I- I'll t- I'll tell you, there are some celebrities that are topical then and now that oh are going to be in this, so look forward to that. But... Uh, most of the cast is going to be returning from their previous stints uh, with the last My Scene movie. We still got Kelly Sheridan as Barbie, uh, Kathleen v- Barr v- voicing Madison. Maybe this, hopefully this time we won't have a stupid thing where uh, Barbie thinks Madison's stealing Delancey again. Uh, not mean
1: got... River?
0: Sorry, River, yeah. Oh, man, that would be a different movie.
1: I'd rather see Uh, that movie, but alas, this is 2005.
0: Yeah. So far, yeah. A lot of, like, the same voice cast from the last time. Uh, A lot of, like, those kind of staples in terms of these movies. So that's going to be interesting. Uh, But I don't know. I'm going to be very excited to see what they do with this. I think mostly because when comparing the My Scene movies to the Bratz movies that we've seen so far... Emma, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like we both pretty thoroughly enjoyed the My Scene movies a lot more than Bratz. At least from a genuine enjoyment standpoint.
1: Uh I don't know. I think you were definitely a lot more enthusiastic about the My Scene movie than I was.
0: Uh yeah, I honestly that's I kinda fair.
1: like the Bratz movies are almost kinda like get into so bad it's good type territory where i feel like the my movie that we saw was just kind of boring to me at least actually
0: that's a very good that's a decent assessment yeah but you can
1: definitely feel like how brats influence this series like we talked about that last time but it is very very much trying to go after that like kind of feel to uh variant degrees of success i would say
0: yep that seems like a fair assessment and then uh honestly like a lot of this crew is basically the same as last time we still got eric fogel as the director we have elise allen as the writer elise ah oh, we miss you Me too. Uh, yeah and uh so the thing about the my scene ghost Hollywood movie is that like a really big gimmick to it is that uh, because it's a Hollywood movie, they include real life celebrities, particularly Lindsay Lohan. And as a special tie-in to this movie, they made a special Lindsay Lohan doll. To date, the Lindsay Lohan doll, it- it's become somewhat of a collector's item. Like when you look up the my scene, uh, Lindsay Lohan doll, like, one that is in the original box goes for like 124 bucks on eBay, whereas the doll by itself will go for like 50 to $26, which for a used Barbie doll, that's pretty impressive. Then again, I'm not exactly a gigantic expert on the used doll sales market, but it's, uh, I don't know, it's interesting. Uh, truth be told, listener, I can't help but feel a little bit conflicted about Lindsay Lohan's presence because after this movie came out, this was when she was starting to have, like, kind of a downturn in her career where she started to struggle with addiction and having to, like, uh, doing less prestigious roles. And your career, honestly, hasn't really recovered much since then. Like, most people say that she peaked at Mean Girls, which Mean Girls is good, but... I don't know. Emma, do you have any feelings or anything about Lindsay Lohan?
1: Yeah, I mean, I definitely like, because when like Mean Girls and all this stuff was at its height of popularity, like 2005, I was like a kindergartner. So I was definitely too young to really be knowledgeable about like what was going on in pop culture at the time. At least uh, in the realm of like teen movies or whatever. But uh, I don't know. I guess it is just like a shame though. You see that a lot, like these like child stars that end up struggling. Like especially, you see it a lot. Well, you see it a lot in like male child stars too, but like with young oh, women, yeah. where like
0: it becomes a lot more public with young women because like where, like they'll they're... have
1: some where like you know the stuff they go through like gets highly publicized with like Britney Spears having like a public breakdown or, uh, or Amanda and Ashley.
0: Or yeah. yeah, like I I remember when the Mary Kate and Ashley uh, countdown to till they turn eighteen website was a thing. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's. I mean, listener, I don't think you really need to. Uh, hopefully, it's fairly obvious that we as a society generally place a lot of like high and heady expectations on young women, which is it like increased. 20-fold when you put them in the public spotlight, like a person like Lindsay Lohan. And I just remember being in middle school, and just like Britney Spears, she was also kind of like one of those figures that you kind of like used as shorthand for like, oh, that girl's stupid, because we were in middle school and we didn't have like the vocabulary to say things like slutty or other degrading things like that. I don't know. You know what? It honestly reminds me of. It kind of reminds me of how, like, uh, nowadays people are very, very apologetic towards Twilight, kind of as like a response to like some of their shitty and antiquated attitudes towards it. Actually, you also you honestly see this with a lot of people right now, like Britney Spears, Megan Fox, Amanda Bynes. Yeah, a lot of people are like
1: re-examining these people. Yeah, though I know Lindsay Lohan has still had some controversial moments recently.
0: Yeah. So That's true. It all this to say, Yeah, there it's one of those things where it's
1: it's it's you know, it's nuanced, but it is definitely goes to show like how much kind of pressure is put on these people and it just like Yeah. And you definitely feel like that air of sort of like Predatoriness that kind of surrounds that culture like you mentioned hey this is a movie that was produced by miramax which yeah for anyone who doesn't know that was the company that was created by the weinstein brothers so
0: yeah yeah so it's i think nowadays so much of these like negative bits of press and this negative attention towards these women from my vantage point it often seems like it was kind of done in order to, like, obfuscate, like, the kind of predatory men that were influential towards that sort of stuff.
1: Yeah, it'd be weird because, like, the the case of Megan Fox, they would be presented by the male directors or male writers in these movies in a certain way. And instead of, like, people getting mad at, like, the people that are doing, like, the objectification or the sexualization, they get mad at the actress instead Yeah, you know,
0: it's interesting. Obviously, this movie is not going to really talk about it that much, obviously. But uh...
1: I assume this will have the plot where they go to Hollywood and like Barbie or someone else gets like too engrossed in the fame and she starts changing herself and she loses sight of what's important. And she has to learn that Hollywood is a shallow town and she should stick with her friends or something like that.
0: Interesting. But at the
1: same time, it'll still kind of like you kind of push up celebrity culture or like Hollywood culture.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, they got to sell those accessories, got to show off that glam. See,
1: girls, if you buy our product, you can be like Lindsay Lohan, too
0: well then I guess it there's only one thing to do now it's time to get into that cab and head off to Hollywood hopefully this time we won't have to deal with uh, Michael Eisner doing some crappy stuff because it's 2005 and he's up to his bullshit at that point
1: oh no don't say that too loud you'll uh, summon a defunct land Kevin perjurer hey Barbie what's your
0: theme my session, my prized possession, my vibe, my tribe, my scene. Eleven
1: and a half inch dolls, each sold separately. Welcome back, everyone, to this very, okay. very special episode of The Pink Isle. As we we yeah. discuss, My Scene Goes to Hollywood, a movie where no one ever actually goes to Hollywood... By the way, no. it's so false advertising there, but uh,
0: yeah, it's it's very emblematic of how much they actually understand the filmmaking process and the actual process of making movies in Hollywood. But uh,
1: yeah, this movie, <sighs> uh, this movie is a real trip.
0: This movie gave me a stroke.
1: Yeah, it's it it is.
0: I I I went. <laughs> This has probably been amongst one of the hardest movies to watch for this podcast for me. And that's mostly just because of my ingrained douchey film bro self that I try... Like, listener, I, I realize that as a dude on the internet who talks about movies, that that instinct to be the douchey film bro, it's in me. And I try to like beat that thing down with a hammer as best I can. But ooh, boy, by govety, this this movie... This movie. This movie is this movie. Uh,
1: is at times uh, supremely uncomfortable for a multitude of yep. reasons, which we shall get into as we
0: we shall get discuss. to, and uh, we're gonna try our best to like bury the lead on this plot twist of a thing as much as we can, just so that you guys can experience the tonal whiplash that uh, we experienced when stuff shows up in the movie but yeah this is uh this is something so similar to the last barbie my scene movie uh this is just a very uh needlessly contrived conflict uh of a movie like where people don't talk to people like we're actual people and uh
1: yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, man, this could all be avoided if people just did some basic communication, you know?
0: Yeah, you would think that. Because this
1: movie is pretty much, like, conflictless for the majority of the movie, and then, like, suddenly, you know, they gotta... It
0: ramps it up so hard. Yeah, it's like 0 like, to 100, get so mean. where it's
1: like, you gotta have the one character suddenly act like a jerk for no reason, and then all the other characters act... Worse in return, and then it's just uh, I don't know.
0: I hate that plot. It's so it's so. I do. So let's just uh, let's just go through this thing beat for beat. I want to I want to try and I don't want to something I want to do better about is not like stopping every two sentences in the plot summary just to give my own hot takes. I need to give you guys the the, the juicy stuff, the stuff you need. Uh, huh. So barbie and uh the girls they're walking down new york and we get the first of many 3d pans around these characters the director was really he was
1: really going for that uh that cinematography in this my scene film you know (laughs) there are scenes where the camera is kind of rotating for no reason you know
0: yeah they they go
1: hard on this barbie my scene movie
0: I mean, the thing that they realized is that, like, oh, we have CGI backgrounds, that means, like, we can pan the background without having to, like, do things, and all we have to do is, like, pan around these characters, and we're animating them anyway, so we might as well do that, and it's like, and you you see it happen once, and you think, oh, oh, that's neat, but they... They do it so many times that it loses its effects. It's almost akin to that cinematic classic, After Earth. As uh, I believe Roger Ebert said, the director knows that sometimes film directors tilt the camera to a Dutch angle, but they do not understand why. And just like that, they don't understand why they have the camera... Completely rotate around the character. I think he was talking now, about
1: uh, battlefield Earth, not After Earth.
0: Sorry, ba- sorry. Too, too yes. bad
1: sci-fi movies. I'd say easy. Too to mix bad up. sci-fi movies.
0: <laughs> Very bad in different ways. Interesting. God, that's a double feature. Oh Oof.
1: God. <laughs> Just all bad movies that have the word Earth in them.
0: Oh boy. So they're they're walking down New York. A dude cat calls them, and it's treated as like this endearing thing. Oh
1: yeah. There's a and oh this movie has some implications some
0: oh, some horrible gets...
1: implications and
0: so just just like the last My See movie this movie is like just uncontrollably horny even though they're like 17 16 years old mm-hmm. and you assume
1: like the target <laughs> like you it definitely seems like they're trying to appeal to like a tween young teenager demographic but like like we said like mm-hmm, i don't mm-hmm. usually that demographic isn't buying like fashion dolls so it's just it, 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 it.
0: and most of them don't really care about paparazzi stuff like some of them start like reading people magazines like i know that's a thing for some people but like it's i don't know the way this movie celebrates celebrity culture is just like
1: where it tries to it's like weird. it's that weird thing where it's like it kind of criticizes it but at the same time it's like isn't working in Hollywood fun? Yeah. Also, it's funny, like, because when Barbie and her friends are walking with their dead-eyed s- stairs down the street, <laughs> they get, like, the zoom-ins with their names, but all their names are trademarked, so, you know.
0: Yeah, because those were the logos that they used for each of the individual My Scene dolls. Yeah, I don't know. I just... I looked it up. That's the reason for that. I
1: think I forgot how much I just, like... As uncanny as the brats are, I don't really like these designs either. Like they all look, they all got the the physique of those like inflatable men you find at the car dealerships. But you know, someta- yeah. somehow they walk very like noodly, but also stiff at yeah. the same time.
0: <laughs> it's it it is there is an uncanniness to it. Like I I know. It's one of those things where, like, when they're like stationary and like still, because they're, they seem to be most explicitly bla- based off of like that sort of style that you see in like fashion magazines that like fashion designers use where they have like the very long necks and those types of things. But, when you animate that, unless it's a very stylized environment, which this movie isn't because they're aiming for like kind of realism with the backgrounds, it just creates this very uncanny effect. I and I What don't... is it
1: with these movies and the weird like polygon, like compressed stock image backgrounds?
0: Well, I think the thing is is that they're trying to save money on backgrounds cuz like background art is like one of those underappreciated elements of animation where like it's pretty easy to tell when it doesn't look good. And you you generally need to like for every single shot that you do in the movie, you got to be able to like have at least a decently composed background image. And in the early 2000s when CGI was becoming a lot more stylized and it was a lot cheaper a lot of like these b-tier animation companies were trying to take advantage of that in order to cut some corners you know because if you make a cgi environment you can have more variety in your shot compositions you don't have to necessarily worry as much about like making these things as like high detailed as you would if it was like a digital painting you know
1: Yeah. It still looks
0: bad, though. Oh, it looks bad. It's because the technology is not there. It's got very PlayStation N64 vibes, you know? Because, like, I look at, like, some of the trees and, like, they rotate to always be facing the camera.
1: This does have real, like second life video game like that online oh my god this
0: is like
1: it's it's
0: like the characters and the environments just give off all the second life vibes mm -hmm. speaking of mmos though i do want to make mention of like a special promotion that they uh ran uh so in promotion of this movie they did two special little promo things first they they uh, teamed up with Havo Hotel in order to promote this movie, in order to win a bumper pack full of Mycene Hollywood goodies, including a signed Lindsay Lohan doll, a Mycene limo with a working hot tub, a portable CD player, a glamorous dressing room, and loads of dolls and outfits. Oh. And you could even get special in game items in Havo Hotel. Yeah. And then the other uh, thing was they worked with the Save the Children charity, which also had promotions running in London for some reason. Both of these competitions and charities ran in the UK, which is weird. I'm told that the My Scene dolls were a lot more popular in Europe, though, so maybe that's...
1: Yeah, it makes me it. surprised that they never had a, like, goes to Paris movie or, like, goes to London.
0: Ooh, Yeah, that's, yeah, you're right. But anyway, they're walking down the street. It's uncomfortable, and it turns out a movie is filming in New York. The boys are, like, looking around and thinking about, like, ooh, let's see who's trying to be there. Maybe we'll meet some hot actresses. Like, all the boys, like, our good pal River and Sutton, all of them, they're just... They're just like wanting to mac on they're, these they're fly like, they're honeys, like yo.
1: A woman and an actress, a woo guy.
0: Classy, mm. just real classy. But uh, as they're ordering, like this woman named Audra comes in to order uh, film extras to the set. So Delancey, who honestly, at this point, Delancey seems like kind of a sociopath. Yeah,
1: she's kinda- Weirdly aggressive at times for no reason.
0: Not just aggressive, but just, like, the most petty out of all of the characters. And as a result, just honestly, of the girl characters, the one that seems the most uncomfortable to be around.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, I feel yeah. like the my scene girls in general were just kind of...
0: Needlessly mean. Yeah, just kind of unlikable in this movie. Like, Yeah, like, I at least thought they were kind of, like, likable in the jamaica one because that one seemed more understandable but in this one they just seem like really petty like they're almost like they give off like reality tv star vibes with this yeah
1: just like really just sort of you know if like you knew them in real life you'd get really annoyed with them really quickly they
0: just seem like they keep on bringing up this drama and it's just like to Lancey, Can we please just, like, drink our tea and, like, talk like actual humans for, like, a minute? It's, ooh. But anyway, Delancey has the bright idea to lie about being extras so they can sneak on set in order to infiltrate and be a part of this movie.
1: And we gotta understand, at no point in this movie is it ever revealed that, like, they were never actually hired to work on this movie. Like they no. just lied their way they in. They face no
0: consequences. And you
1: know, like there's just there's gotta be a scene. There has to be a moment later on where like they're like, "How are we gonna pay these people?" And then they're like, "Oh wait, they were never <laughs> signed on to be in this movie in the first place." Like
0: this is definitely fraud, right?
1: Yeah, I don't know. I feel like there would be like some kind of like punishment for legal this legal recourse yeah, for but this. I'm, but yeah, you know, it's fine. Like it's totally cool, girls. Just like. Sneak into a workplace where, as an underage person, like, where people don't know who you are and just
0: be that, in the Yes, movie. that's also important because they're, they're like 16 or 17 years old, depending on the doll. And, yeah, they're minors. There are specific child actor laws. Like... Where's the SAG representative here? Like, what is... Yeah, if
1: this is a uh, trying to
0: give an accurate portrayal of
1: Miramax's uh, movie-making process, they seem like they're very irresponsible
0: with the way their business what? is conducted. <laughs> Emma, Emma, you're telling me that Miramax, like the many-time Oscar winners, is not a reputable source of a good filmmaking environment <laughs> oh, especially well, when
1: it comes to young women you know it's uh,
0: huh i'm sure there's nothing in this movie that will further demonstrate any oh, of no, this. absolutely
1: not totally nothing sketchy in this movie whatsoever
0: <laughs> so they arrive on set and they make improvised costumes and listener like this was only like 10 minutes into the movie and this is already worse like a fuse blew in my head because so they're filming in new york before they like they're spending two weeks in new york to film more scenes in la and this first scene takes place in a gym and it's just like why are you filming this like if you are if your film is based in la and you're doing your filming in la The only reason why you would fly to New York to do location shooting is if you specifically had some specific New York locations that you could not cheese on a soundstage. Like, they film in Central Park, but all the other scenes are things—well, actually, they film in—I gotta assume that's, like—what's the name of the New York, uh, museum? Uh— there's like that one really famous history museum by Central Park. I think that's where the they film.
1: Museum of Natural History?
0: Yes, thank you. You know? Yeah. From but... acclaimed
1: film series, Night at the Museum with Tiny yeah, Owen exactly. Wilson Cowboy.
0: That's that cinematic masterpiece. It
1: truly is. The greatest trilogy of our time. They're
0: filming at this gym. And the whole thing is that this is a movie about a spy starring Lindsay Lohan.
1: Lindsay Lohan, who just sounds utterly thrilled every time she has to deliver a line in this movie.
0: (sighs) Yeah, I cannot... I cannot imagine that this was a very particularly fun time for her. Like, I imagine, like, given the number of lines that she has... She actually does have a considerable amount of lines, so I'm assuming... Yeah, she's like...
1: like I was, Before we started this movie, I was thinking that she was just like a cameo, but she's like a prominent character in this movie.
0: Oh, yeah, and she has like plenty of lines, but all throughout it, like, it's pretty clear... She just... She sounds so bored. <laughs> it sounds so... Yeah, she sounds so bored. Honestly, you, you know what this most reminds me of? That other Harvey Weinstein-produced animated classic Dougal, Oh no
1: oh god
0: featuring a screenplay by butch hartman oh,
1: god. every everyone's favorite people all in one
0: <laughs> yeah because like that was another movie that had miramax's fingerprints all over it and that actors are just so bored in that
1: yeah that was the one i remember like watching that like on the tv as a kid and being like why is this movie so strange and then it's like
0: same and, and then
1: it's like oh yeah because they literally just like got a bunch of american actors to essentially like do a like dub improv, oh, do improv dub over like the original it's version. like they
0: made an abridged series version Only of this not British funny movie at all <laughs> so most abridged series is oh, yeah. i know Actually, that's that's a bit unfair to the people making those abridged series nowadays. Yeah,
1: you're bringing out the hot takes, Henry.
0: I guess. Yeah, I don't know. A lot of them just don't age well nowadays. Yeah. A couple of them are pretty good, but, like, yeah. Anywho. We we're
1: talking about Lindsay Lohan. Anyway. Anyway, we got Lindsay in this Lindsay movie. Lindsay Lohan. And this movie is very much... And
0: newcomer Ryan Ridley.
1: Yeah. So we got Ryan, who's, like, the stereotypical, like young Hollywood douche in this movie but, oh yeah
0: yeah he's he they made a doll for him yeah. as well oh, God. and it's uh it's something sorry what were you saying about yeah, Lindsay essentially Lohan? so
1: this movie really hits you hard with like Lindsay Lohan you know she's so cool and down to earth she's not stuck up like those mm-hmm. other celebrities wouldn't it just be nope. so fun to be like Lindsay Lohan? Wow, Lindsay Lohan sure leads a great life.
0: Yeah, she's so down to earth. She plays guitar. She loves hanging out with her friends. And she thinks she doesn't need to be someone different. Man. Yeah. Oof. Oof-a-doofa. Yeah, this is one element of the movie that is like this I, I there's a reason why most people don't talk about this yeah, movie it, nowadays. It has nowadays, aged very
1: poorly. This is a very poorly so aged many movie. Respects. <laughs> Just <laughs> very poorly aged. But uh
0: Yeah, so so this movie that they're shooting is basically a female agent Cody Banks or like one of those early two thousands like spy movie things like your spy kids your uh do you remember Catch That Kid with like uh, Kristen Stewart and I think Corbin Blue is
1: in that one Vaguely. they
0: have like all these like early two thousand spy movies that had like
1: yeah the movie the movie they're filming really has uh Nickelodeon original movie vibes to it
0: yeah yeah oh my god
1: so the next <sighs> day they're Gonna go film in Central Park, and so all the girls are excited because they get to continue to be in this movie again. Still, no one notices that there were more extras than they had hired. Yeah, yeah,
0: they're just breaking and entering, y'all. They're just breaking and entering so that they can like stalk celebrities. Yeah. They have security and location directors for this reason. Also, also, so these people are extras, right? Mm hmm. If you are hiring people as extras on a film, they have a very set list thing to do. Because if you are filming on locations, and if you're filming somewhere that requires extras, you coordinate that shit ahead of time. You have to say, okay, we need this group of people doing this action. We need this people doing this action. Yeah,
1: but in this one, like, the lady just assigns them their roles, like, at the shooting...
0: Yeah, no, you assign that shit ahead of time. Like, I know why they, like, did this, because they're trying to, like, paint this very glamorous picture of Hollywood, and they kind of got to obfuscate some of, like, the actual realities of filmmaking, but they also highlight, like, the boring parts of filmmaking, like, waiting on location and stuff, and it just makes me think, like, okay, you're trying to paint the up and downs of this. I, eh. Like, why have them break in? Why not just, like, have a whole thing where like hey guys this film is shooting here let's all try to audition and then you can like have a humorous montage scene of them auditioning for extras and then going from there you don't why have this like pretense of sneaking in like
1: i don't know maybe it's part of like the fantasy that this movie like kind of prepositions of just like not even having to go through the process just like Going there and immediately getting accepted into the movie making process without any questioning, you know? Yeah. Like a true alpha. So they roll up, just going in there.
0: <laughs> yeah, got it. Got to follow that Miramax way, I guess.
1: Yeah, but they they arrive yeah. to the filming location at uh, uh, Central Park and immediately just yeah. kind of just start running around going into areas they shouldn't be
0: they mess with the cameraman they like mess with the like sound recording people and honestly listener this was the scene that pissed me off the most because like I mean, listener, I'm sure you, as you have listened here, there's nothing more annoying than having to deal with background noise and when you're trying to record something. So, having these girls just like talk while this poor boom mic guy is trying to like do his job, like, I'm gonna tell you right now, like, daily rates for those people is already bad enough. These are hardworking professionals. Let them do their job, Barbie.
1: Yeah. Also, there's the fact that despite, like, filming in different locations, they use the exact same extras, apparently. Yeah. Like, how
0: cheap is this film that you have the same... Pool? I mean, it is a like, Nickelodeon it...
1: original movie, so... <laughs>
0: <coughs> but, no, no, like, the thing is, is that, like, if you're gonna be filming stuff, like, sure, it's it's perfectly normal to reuse actor like, extras, but... You have them do different things, scene to scene. That way, they're not like you know. You don't want to like have them like do things over and over again. Like you want to, yeah. Although maybe you can justify it by saying like, oh, these extras are like other background members of the agency because it's spy movie.
1: Also, they do like for this scene, they do like horseback riding with no yes, like yes. no like uh animal handlers or anything inside There're no
0: animal handlers. You hire specific extras that are like known for like oh god if if one of our previous guests Laura Chrome is here like she she's a woman who has like actual like she has like stunt person experience. Like she's done like stunt work before and she could tell you, like, you hire specific people to do specific stunts, including writing on it. She actually did a very good video about this, talking about that one Invisible Man movie that came out earlier this year. Like, it's a good movie, watch it. But it's just, ooh, it gives a lot of good insight in stunt work, and it just highlighted t- I couldn't stop thinking about it, because you don't, you don't get actors... To- ah! <sighs> I'm, I'm I'm sorry. I'm getting so heated right now. It's okay. So they have this montage where they're just dicking around on set. And then, oh, one of the actresses, like, started pulled out because of, like, some other commitment. It was very we kind of like glossed yeah. over that but the director also, there's
1: a little like side note thing where one of the characters chelsea who i'm pretty sure wasn't even in the last movie
0: maybe i, I need let me double but check.
1: she's here now i honestly cannot remember but there's a whole side thing where like the person supervising the set keeps on assigning her to have like Crappy the janitorial roles. position which is like yeah i don't know I just feel like this movie does not accurately represent how the extras process works.
0: Yeah. Chelsea was in the last movie. And
1: I literally forgot that she was. I feel like the my scene maybe has, like, too many girls in I think
0: group. so. It's very hard to, like, distinct... And they're
1: not really distinct enough, you
0: know? No. No. So, what happens is the director hears about this character, this actor pulling out, and she sees... Madison, like handle the horse. Yeah, and this she, Quentin Tarantino and it,
1: motherfucker looks at this, uh, looks at this, uh, this girl yeah. through his like little director binoculars. This this teenage yeah, girl, yeah. and she's he's like she's gorgeous. Like, <laughs> let's put her in the
0: movie. And he pulls her aside, and it's just like no bad touch. No, stop. This, I, I, yeah, so that's Madison, that
1: essentially madison despite being an extra essentially gets brought in to be like
0: one of like the main yeah roles.
1: like they they make it sound like she's like,
0: supposed to be a villain yeah they
1: make it sound like oh it's not really a big thing but she's like prominent enough in the movie to be like featured in a different scenes and have like in- be a part of yeah. integral parts of the movie but they make it seem like she's just yeah like a featured
0: extra like she's a villain you know? yeah that's you're you're in New York you're telling me that there isn't like a stage actress or something that you can't bring in because like I no, no this this direct
1: this weird director was horny for this teenage girl so he decided to put her in this movie you know? yeah
0: actually that does feel like pretty indicative of a couple uh-huh. of things
1: yeah huh. it's a very very so, uncomfortable. but that's so that essentially ends up being. Where the movie is going, it's about Madison getting this role in this movie, and then it's like, the fame got to your head, and you forgot your real friends, type situation. Yeah,
0: and it's strange, because Madison ends up becoming basically, like, the protagonist, yeah. right? Like, this Although this
1: movie really wants you to, like, turn against Madison, but she, like, doesn't really do much wrong in this
0: film. Yeah, she really does it, and also... If you remember Jammin' in Jamaica, she was also, like, the main source of conflict as well because Barbie was suspicious of, like, Madison stealing uh, River as her boyfriend. And I think it's very it's very telling that the one character that's explicitly said to be African-American is, yeah, like... Yeah, it
1: gets, like, ganged up on a lot in these movies. It's uh, Yeah,
0: and it's just, like, hmm. Hmm. I don't, elise i don't know what you're doing here it's uh
1: yeah i don't know it's just eh. like so the whole thing is this in this movie is that she films a scene where she uh has to kiss the ryan who's like an up-and-coming actor you know yeah he'll be he'll be he'll be getting big like all those uh, young actors like your sam worthington's your Jai Courtney. Or your
0: uh... Yeah. Oh, God. I was about to say Jai
1: Courtney. <laughs> I honestly forgot Sam Worthington and Jai Courtney were, like, two actors for a while. Two different actors.
0: Yeah. What was the name of that one dude who star- starred in that Godzilla movie? The one that wasn't Brian Cranston? Was that Jai Courtney? It wasn't... Oh, no. Wasn't know. it,
1: like... I keep on thinking it's, like, the, that one guy that was, like, Quicksilver in the MCU. But I don't... Th-
0: oh yeah that
1: guy that guy
0: oofa doofa yeah it's uh.
1: yeah so the whole thing is that she has to do a scene where she kisses him and of course they do like a gag where like they keep on trying to film the kiss but it keeps on like
0: and they mess up the takes, and they do 37 takes, and ooh, you're, again, you're filming on location, you got, you got daylight, you're only on a two-week film schedule, and if, you gotta be able to do these takes, like, I, God, I'm just imagining if, like, Stanley Kubrick was, no, actually, no, Stanley Kubrick would want, like, 120 takes, and would bring film, if, uh, I'm trying to think who's, like, one of those really meticulous directors that's, that's also a nightmare to work with like i'm thinking maybe quentin tarantino but also like maybe
1: james cameron i don't know a bit too
0: oh well james cameron is more of a
1: putting his actors in very perilous situations type
0: yeah director yeah i want to say like a christopher nolan type where he's like like he's he's this like it's imagining like a uh, Christopher Nolan, a, a director who, like, very meticulously plans his shots. And, like, if his actors, like, mess up stuff, it's just, like...
1: Christopher Nolan coming through the screen. You must see Tenet in theaters.
0: <laughs> God. All auteurs are bastards. A-A-A-B. They really
1: are, honestly.
0: After a day of filming, uh, Madison and, uh... Ryan get all like buddy buddy, and they even like walk into fucking Lindsay Lohan's trailer, and they just have a casual conversation. Just casually, conversation. like Lindsay
1: Lohan, like she's got no like other people in her trailer, no people walking around, like some random extras, no just handlers able to...
0: that she definitely had at this yeah, time. see,
1: like see, girls, Lindsay Lohan is just like you. She's totally down for random people to come up to her and try to be her friend you know you
0: can also be her friend Uh, yeah be sure to die buy her doll this
1: this movie really does lean into that uh kind of parasocial fantasy
0: (laughs) yeah which i don't know if this is one of those things where in 2020 when we kind of realize just how easily those types of relationships can be used to exploit people it's just another thing that doesn't age well here so later on that night there's A party that Ryan and Madison and Lindsay are going to be going to at, what's it called? Some Uh, kind
1: of, like, rooftop arcade club.
0: Yeah, it's called the Buzz Lounge, which, honestly, the Buzz Lounge looks like the shit. It looks rad as, it's a rooftop barcade. It's got a dance floor. It's got Dance Dance Revolution. They got a popcorn machine. This place looks like in 2020 well before pandemic like this seems like a place that i would unironically want to go to
1: especially if you might be running into a a famous superstar Lindsay lohan
0: which you know you are because she's just up at this lounge and they're just killing it on ddr and it's it's
1: yeah this is before the just (laughs) animation so
0: yeah the ddr dance sequences are just uh it's It sure is something resembling dancing. And the thing I, lo- I think the thing I loved most about this moment is that after they beat the high score, Madison and Lindsay Lohan celebrate by doing that. A, a very
1: firm handshake.
0: <laughs> like a business person handshake and it's like, what? Do you guys not know how people... Like, this movie feels like it's made by aliens, what are you doing? No one acts like a person.
1: Like, so the whole thing about this is that Barbie and the rest of the crew essentially showed up at this nightclub. Uninvited. Uh, knowing that Madison was going to be there with Lindsay Lohan and Ryan, so they could kind of- Yeah. Essentially kind of crash their evening.
0: Yeah, they want- they basically come there to crash their evening and insert themselves into, like, their own personal biz, and like, I get it. They want to be able to like kind of have similar experiences to Madison. They want what she has. They're jealous. Yeah. I don't know. It just
1: always frustrates me so much in like these like kind of movies where it's like you have to only ever hang out with your friend group and you're not allowed to have like other friends outside that group, you know? Like sometimes different people you know, aren't gonna vibe with each other and it's okay like to like have different friend groups,
0: you know? Yeah, like, also, there is absolutely no indication that Madison, if they hadn't crashed, I guarantee you that Madison would have been like, oh, hey, I have these cool friends. I should let you meet them. And at least in how Lindsay Lohan is portrayed in this movie, she seems very reasonable, and she would probably be interested in, like, meeting them. If they weren't, like, already being, like... Yeah, they
1: just kind of, like... So thirsty yeah, for insert her. insert themselves and start asking a bunch of, like... Like, bombarding her with questions. Invasive questions. And I guess good yeah. on this movie to kind of be like, hey, maybe don't act, like, super weird with celebrities, you know? But it's, like... Yeah. yeah if, like, they had just, but like... they
0: muddled co- that message. Yeah, it's,
1: like, if they had just, like, communicated with Madison. Because, like, this movie really much once, like portray as like Madison being purely in the wrong, but yeah. like, and they definitely no, were like no, being this... like overbearing there in the beginning, you know, like they were crossing some they're boundaries. They're being
0: overbearing and they're being just like just passive aggressive. <sighs> it, it, it's one of those things where I just think that like they did Madison dirty in this movie. Like, I was not expected to get this invested in Madison's character. Even though she has, like, zero personality. Just because I just have all this secondhand anger at every other fucking person in this movie. Just let this girl live her life. Jesus Christ.
1: It's like, I don't know, I just hate, like, how in these shows they're like, how dare you have friends outside of, like, your other friends. Like, I don't know. Yeah. It just annoys me.
0: And, And rightfully so. And... After this uh, Ryan and Madison like are walking out and she's and she's like oh you must hate me Simpai. Okay. And he's like no. I I actually like you. And then oh paparazzi pop up and they got to they got to run Which away. Which apparently this and, guy uh, is like
1: already like popular yeah. enough to get paparazzi even though the movie that's supposed to make him famous has not has not come no, out
0: yet. No. No like apparently starting like one other thing, I think, I don't know. They end up getting to Madison's trailer and like, they're kind of like lounging about and all that stuff. But Madison doesn't really want to talk to them because they embarrassed her. So she doesn't really want to answer any of their like questions about, Ooh, what's Lindsay like, or what's Ryan like and all that stuff. And then Madison is reminded that she needs to be on set in 10 minutes. So she asks like her friends to leave so she can go over her lines, which, the girls later criticize you only have five lines in the movie, but listen, you're in a major motion picture. You do not want to flub your lines. That is, that is a reputation thing. She's doing her job.
1: Especially, it might be good since, since she like, uh, you know, how had so much trouble filming like a simple kissing scene. Yeah, and maybe it's good she does some practicing. Yes.
0: Let her practice. She doesn't have any formal training. She's understandably nervous, and she wants to do well. She wants to make a good impression because this is her job. You guys are at a job. You can't treat this like it's a freaking amusement park. I mean, like,
1: it's not even their job.
0: They broke no, in. Like, they broke in.
1: What are they going to do when it's time to pay them? Are they just going to suddenly <sighs> realize, like, oh, no. Ugh. Yeah.
0: <sighs> Oh no, we had these girls, like, this is a PR nightmare. Like, do you know, like, I'm assuming that this is a Miramax produced film in the fiction of the universe. Like, if it came out that, like, oh, these girls, like, snuck into the movie, this would be a press nightmare. Do you have any idea how many other girls would follow in their footsteps and try to attempt the same thing? It's going to... Like, they would probably press charges, they would issue restraining orders, like... Royalties is another thing. Even if you're an extra in a movie, like, certain extras get, like, royalty rights and stuff. Like... Anyway. Like, I know we get accusations of getting, like, overthinking these movies, but this is, like... They try to frame this in a very realistic way, and it's... I don't know why... I, I... I'm losing my words, Emma. Film, film, Twitter, film, film bro.
1: Twitter would have a ball with this movie. Is all I'm saying. Uh,
0: (laughs) God, the thing I I think the thing that makes this this movie the most infuriating is that it's like I said at the beginning. It's turning me into one of those film Twitter bros, and that's something that like I'm trying to I try with every fiber of my being to like keep in check at least to some degree, but it's just. Like, Emma, I I don't want to seem like I'm being unreasonable with any of this. Like, just so that we're on the same page. This is just as infuriating to you, right?
1: This movie definitely has some bad vibes to it. Like, I don't know. Yeah. The way it kind of, like, idealizes, like, the movie system and kind of, like, presents this sort of, like... Oh, my
0: God. This sort of fantasy,
1: it just feels maybe a tad irresponsible to the...
0: Emma, Target Emma you know what this reminds me of? What? This is exactly like A Star is Born.
1: Oh specifically
0: the 1939 version.
1: I have not so seen that version.
0: It's, it's actually uh, public domain at this point. You can watch it free on YouTube. Mm. I recommend it. Uh, but the whole thing with that version of the movie uh, unlike the Judy uh, Garland version or the Barbara Streisand or the Lady Gaga version, this is Like, it wasn't a musical. It was, like, set in the 1930s. And the whole thing is of it is that it was fully in the studio system of Hollywood. So, like, this was a time when the Hollywood system was, like, communicating an image. And the whole thing was, like, this was when the star-making system was, like, in full swing. Where it was very common to just be, like, a dancer at a party or, like, someone that a producer would see on the street and be like hey, toots, you look like the bee's knees. Why don't you do a screen test? And then we'll change your name and we'll put you in all the pictures. And that was just an open secret. That was the thing that Hollywood glorified. But by the 1950s, when like the Judy Garland version came out, the star system was out for a lot of reasons because you were seeing a lot of stories of like actors like suffering. You had the new actors types, like the Marlon Brando's and the James Dean's coming out, and it's, like, this movie feels like one of those studio systems 1930s things, and, like, anyone who, like, studies film history knows that the studio system for as many, like, interesting and cool movies came out in that time, it was a severely fucked up time. There's a lot about Hollywood that's fucked up nowadays still, but, like, in the 30s, like, during, like, the Hays Code and all that stuff, there was, like a lot of problems, especially for like young women and marginalized voices within the studio system. If you want to learn more about film history, watch a YouTube channel called Be Kind Rewind. It goes into like a lot of great Hollywood history stuff. And also the You Must Remember This. This is the one that more people are familiar with, but I don't know. This is the movie that reminds me most of this era and the fact that it is a modern movie telling this very, very old fashioned story is, uh, as you said, it's uncomfortable. All right, tangents. Yeah, Remember how at this... the beginning of this I said that I wouldn't do tangents?
1: You know, that kind of okay. went out the window. We, we, I appreciate the tangents, but needless oh, to say, you. this movie, unintentional as it may be, just has some very dark undertones to it when you really, when you really start to look at it, you know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's not even the most
1: fucked up part, well, but know, we'll get to it. I know, So, so like, they're, so the next big thing is, like, okay, so you essentially got, like, the, So they're
0: filming on set, and then uh, they have this whole thing where uh, Madison is all pretentious, and she orders her lattes like that, and she's totally ghosting people, and now and she, everyone's she wears, so mad at her.
1: she wears shades, so that's how you know she's gone to the dark side.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and... Because of that uh, there's a rap party that everyone is planning on like the friends are planning on having just small get-together where they sit around and listen to music, which I mean I guess that sounds fun, but I don't know. that seems like a very early 2000s type of party just like sitting around and listening to like a CD.
1: Yeah it does sound like a good time but essentially yeah. uh, after I, uh, I assume
0: they're having weed during that.
1: Oh, definitely. So essentially, after Madison blows them off at the coffee shop, Barbie has her big confrontation with her. She's like, you've changed, Madison. You've let the fame go to your head and now you think you're too good for your
0: friends. And it's just like, first off, it's been a week. Do you guys do this anytime one of your guys like, one person in the friend group, like, interacts with another group of people, like...
1: Yeah, the conflict really goes from, like, 0 to 100 so quickly, because it goes from, like,
0: yeah, Madison just since...
1: being kind of, like, embarrassed and uncomfortable with the way her friend's acting to Madison just, like, straight ghosting them. So it's, like, I don't know. It just feels yeah. very artificial.
0: It feels very artificial. Although I will say, like, Madison ghosting them doesn't It doesn't feel as extreme as they are painting it, mostly because, like, again, she has a job, and, like, yeah, she shouldn't blow off her friends and make promises to attend things and change her mind, but it's the same, yeah. Again, I'm just becoming a Madison stan at this point, so that's where my life is at now. So the next day on set, they they plan on... uh, do the final day of filming and it's in it's in that museum and things are feeling pretty awkward and madison tries to have a conversation with the girls but they want nothing to do with her so they film the scene where madison is the villain it's apparently the final scene in the movie where she is like arrested and like yeah, but she's apparently she's just Lindsay a Lohan. minor
1: character in this she's movie. just a minor
0: character like even though like ryan has this whole thing is like i never should have loved you type of things and it's just like this movie i don't yeah
1: and so we're in the museum do you want to tell this next uh, part
0: uh, of what happens uh, after me, filming oh uh, let
1: me go okay so yes so um uh, we, we mentioned this movie having some very dark undertones to it, albeit unintentional. Well, so... Yep. So at the beginning... So the movie wraps up, and we see the director, and uh, standing next to him is
0: a... Well, well, before you say who it is, let me describe this guy. So he's bald, he's got, like, this little stubble thing going on, and he looks just rather... Spelt honestly like he's got like
1: shades uh, on, just standing yeah, there. he
0: yeah, yeah, and uh, it, it and he honestly just seems he's wearing like this jacket, and he, like, he, it's very hard to tell, but shock and horror, <laughs> guess who it turns out to be. <laughs> And the girls are
1: like, look, it's Harvey Weinstein, the famous producer. Harvey Weinstein. Harvey Weinstein has a cameo in a Barbie movie,
0: and he voices.
1: He even provides voice lines. I know. It's like he's literally in there for like two seconds, and he has like, like two lines. But he is there, and there's even a he scene afterward where like he goes up to Madison and he's like, congratulations. On the shoe, got, and
0: it's just and it, and it's he it's like just like puts his arm around her, like Madison, and it's just like run, no, bad, Madison, run, run. Bad, no, just uh, 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 and and it's and it's weird because uh, in Reese, I don't know, I need to double check what, because I know Lindsay Lohan did do some stuff with like Harvey Weinstein because like. Miramax is owned by Disney. Lindsay Lohan did stuff with Disney, and it's like, like I need to. I'm gonna do a little bit of quick research to see like what, yeah. But I'm Ooh. I'm gonna
1: let y'all know. I like lost my shit when this happened.
0: Oh, <laughs> like oh, I yeah. just
1: the the pure dread upon seeing a Harvey Weinstein cameo in this movie was just a it was a sight to behold for sure.
0: Oh, oh god, Emma. Oh, I'm suddenly feeling less, uh, compassionate towards, uh, Lindsay Lohan, because, uh... In 2007, in a now-deleted Instagram post, she said, I feel very bad for Harvey Weinstein right now. Quote, I don't think it's right what's going on. I think Georgina needs to take a stand and be there for her husband. He's never harmed me or did anything to me. We've done several movies together, and I think everyone needs to stop. I think it's wrong, so stand up.
1: Oh, no. Well, I guess, Lindsay, <sighs> you'll always have this movie to remember him by.
0: And Scary Movie 5. Oh, that was a Harvey Weinstein-produced thing that she was in.
1: Oh, God. like.
0: And Bobby. <sighs>
1: It just, I don't know what it Bobby just is. makes the whole movie just feel so uncomfortable from like this young, this teenage girl getting put in this movie by this creepy director and that said movie to have been produced by Harvey Weinstein. It just, yep. it's like, good thing Madison got herself out of there, hopefully. It's just. You know that's just the thing. Like I don't even know how to like rank this movie as to other Barbie movies because like when you got I, like a Harvey Weinstein presence, it just sort of just paints the movie in such a light. It just
0: it just un- inadvert It just inexorably taints this thing. Uh yeah, uh, taint. Ah, uh, ah, uh, I God. So yeah. At this point, uh Ryan, it's because it's the final day of filming. Ryan is talking about how like, oh, well, I'll see you in L.A. And Madison says, oh, maybe we can hang out. And she says, and he says, oh, you didn't think you were gonna be, you were my girlfriend. And yeah, apparently he says that he was mostly doing it for publicity stuff. Wow,
1: I can't believe the boyfriend character that tore the friend group apart is a bad guy in this Barbie movie. Who would have thought it?
0: Yeah. So, 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 so there's that. And then Madison runs off crying. And Lindsay, having overheard the whole thing, like talks to the group being like, hey, you should talk with her because she told me that you guys were close and despite what happened, you should treat her like a friend. And again, Lindsay Lohan is being just a very reasonable person. Yeah,
1: because after this, we got to get the sad montage. You know, the Shrek hallelujah yeah, with, scene. With like clips
0: of the show Although that this is essentially watched.
1: like the end of the movie. So it like kind of feels weird. You know, it's these movies. It, even it's like, very rushed. Even though it's a full length movie, it still has that like tv show structure to it so it's like yeah okay but essentially they got the sad montage where madison is hanging out in her room and her friends are trying to reach her until eventually they essentially force themselves into her room and then she is essentially forced to apologize but they never admit any fault of their own it was all madison's fault apparently according to this movie so they have their makeup scene
0: yeah yeah that's uh. yeah and that makeup scene it's and even during the makeup scene delancy still has the fucking audacity to like still be passive aggressive about it and be like yeah they're just like really mean to her like yeah it's just like she was just like also you can we cannot put this all on madison's thing she was swept up by the Hollywood system, clearly being taken advantage know, of by, like, been, some of these, like, film she's things. She's
1: been surrounded by these really sleazy men, you know? Yeah. You gotta have some more sympathy yeah, for yeah. her, guys. Come on,
0: guys. solidarity! Jesus Christ. So, Madison admits, like, oh, it was my fault. I was wrong the whole time. And afterwards, they say that they're gonna go to a party. And then... Inexplicably, we get this weird black card that flashes on the screen. I believe it's supposed to say six months later because the official summary says this happened six months later, but...
1: But at least in the version we saw, there was just no text. It was very strange.
0: Yeah, it was very weird. So, six months later, they have a spa day, and the girls and boys get all dressed up, and we have this montage of them getting dressed up, and then the boys are waiting. And then they get into a limo to the movie premiere of Spy Society, where they walk down the red carpet with Lindsay. Yeah, Lindsay shows up because apparently these and extras she's like, get to like. Madison, it's so good to see you. Go and down the like... red
1: carpet, and then of course, like the evil boy Ryan shows up and gets blown off by Lindsay and the girls, and then the movie is over very unceremoniously. Yay. So that was pretty much my scene. Goes to Hollywood. It a movie that baffles at every turn, that is deeply <laughs> uncomfortable to watch, and
0: this movie and was instills a deep gut sense gut of dread touches.
1: upon viewing it.
0: <laughs> like, <laughs> like. Even without the taint of Harvey Weinstein in it and like just knowing what happened to Lindsay Lohan, it just like this movie was just like it just like is an onslaught of all of these uncomfortable things. And it just <sighs> yeah.
1: for anyone with any knowledge about actors or the movie industry, it's a dark ride.
0: This movie will give any filmmaking student uh, like an aneurysm like i i'm to imagine like both our previous guests Sarah Zedek and Laura Crown they've worked on like film sets before so they would also have this knowledge and i imagine both of them i i i can't imagine how they would react to like any of this oh, this
1: honestly might be like the darkest barbie movie we've ever seen even though it's like unintentional
0: yeah. it's just it, it's just that's that's I mean, our that's our, that's, that's our
1: clickbait headline you know
0: yeah well i'll be sure to include that in the description but uh, this this thing just like drained me as well i know I don't know, Emma. Are there any other final thoughts? I've, I honestly, I've I am mean, kind of like. I feel
1: like I can't even rank. I can't even rate this one. I give it. Yeah,
0: a. I. I honest, this movie doesn't really deserve much of a ranking for me either. Like it just is. And the worst thing is, is that like,
1: I, I don't know. It's wise, not it's that not... great. But you got at the end of the day, this is a movie where it's like, hey, young women, wouldn't it be cool to work in Hollywood with? Lindsay Lohan and Harvey Weinstein. So, for that reason alone, <sighs> okay. this movie belongs in the trash.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, you know what? I'm going to tell you. I think you know who said this best. Uh, a writer named Lacey Warrell of the website DVD Talk who wrote this in her review. Not all entertainment aimed at children needs to be education all. Because let's face it, adults seek escape through entertainment all the time. But the entire presentation of this DVD is vapid and unrealistic. It just goes beyond superficial and into the inane. How about a little substance with the style next time?
1: I guess that's about it. Not much else to say.
0: Not much else to say, yeah interest Interestingly enough, uh, on the day that we are recording this, Harvey Weinstein has been convicted of a couple of more rape charges and assault charges from the state of California. So, uh oh,
1: really? Yeah.
0: <sighs> yeah. So there's that.
1: Yeah, this episode was kind of a downer, really.
0: <laughs> it was a little bit of a downer, but you know what? I, I can at least say that, like, the other movies have, like, done more interesting things, and, uh, I think it's good to see that, like, the Barbie brand has just done their best to, like, distance themselves, because this feels like the exact type of thing that Barbie nowadays is, like, specifically trying to avoid, like, the plague.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. I guess it's time to sign off, then.
0: yeah. Oh, pluggables, pluggables. Emma, you got hot takes, you do the writing, and you got a Twitter. Yeah. What's that Twitter? Uh,
1: At emmacorey 9 You can follow it if you want. I don't really post anything on it anymore. Yeah,
0: I know. I I try to, uh, one of the, you know, I'm going to make this a personal goal. You are going to tweet some of your own hot takes. You're going to, like, you know, do stuff with it at least once this year. That's my solemn oath. I'm I'm gonna try my darndest.
1: See, I'm I'm a person I like to keep my hot takes inside, you know.
0: I got unless it's in yeah. the
1: context of a Barbie podcast, then all the hot takes are coming out.
0: That's fair. That's fair. As for me, listener, uh well, if you enjoy this podcast and enjoyed this journey we went on, um Give us a review on your podcast platform of choice. I know most of you guys are listening on Spotify, which is great. Uh so also give a list a follow on the Spotify if you aren't already. That also helps. But you know, uh just tell us what you think of the show. Tweet at us at Pink Owl Pod on our Twitter. And then as for me myself, uh, if you enjoy the work that I done do, you can follow my YouTube channel at just henry kathman on youtube you can follow my twitter at kathman henry my tumblr portfolio page henry and then consider donating to my patreon patreon.com slash henry just by one dollar a month you can like get a bunch of nifty stuff and help me pay my bills because unlike harvey weinstein i do my darndest to like with every single person I collaborate, I try my best to treat them with respect. Yeah.
1: I feel like that's the message everyone should take with, is uh, be careful out there.
0: Yeah, and like, honestly, this movie is like a very good thing of like, hey, kids, see this? Don't do this. by For God's sake, for whatever you do, don't do this, please. I think that's going to do it. Right. Am, uh, am I forgetting anything?
1: Uh, nope. I'd like to forget this movie, so...
0: <laughs> well, I think, uh... I think that's gonna do it for us, then. Let us forget this movie together. Yes. May Bibble wipe our memories.
1: Yes, cleanse us, Bibble. And the power invested in me!
0: Harvey Weinstein shall be banished to the depths of hell. Goodbye.